Hi, this is Austin Parsons, pitmaster with Smoky Mountain Q in Nashville, Tennessee, and you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Start the game! Let's go! We'll do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Oh. Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Good evening and welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame City, Bomb City, USA, Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host. Greg Rempe, happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening's live fire fun and frivolity show. If you want to jump in on the show this evening through phone calls and emails, here's how you do that. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to greg at bbqcentralshow.com or on the Twitter and Instagrams at bbqcentralshow. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you get the newsletter coming up in about 12 minutes from now. It is the first Tuesday of a month, 2021, rapidly coming to a close and where we would usually find Malcolm Reed dropping in from How to Barbecue Right. We'll do you one better. How about his pal, Mark Williams from Swine Life joining us? Yes. That will happen. Malcolm had a makeup football game. He didn't have a football game, but his son did. And obviously that comes first. Even in the teeth of the Barbecue Central show, we relax on that. And Mark just happened to be available. So I'm thankful that he is pliable and amoeba-like in that sense for guests. So we'll be talking to Mark about... So I should say up front, the theme for this evening, while we'll cover a variety dare I say, a cornucopia of different topics. There will be certainly a Thanksgiving theme, not only through the show, but through the first three weeks of the show. Always in the third week, it's the rush. What happens if you haven't thawed the turkey? What should you do besides turkey? That kind of stuff we'll get into in a couple weeks. But the first two weeks of the show will be Thanksgiving-based to a certain degree, so we'll get a lot of the normal stuff taken care of. We'll get a little outside of the box. And we'll start all of that off with Mark Williams in about 12 minutes from now. And then we will move to 35 past the hour where we will find perhaps the one and only semi-recurring doctor on the show at this point. You find him as the barbecue editor of Southern Living Magazine. He's also writing the Q sheet. Dr. Robert Moss will be joining us. He has a huge event coming up in a couple weeks, maybe 10 days. It might be sold out. There might be some ancillary tickets that you could still get your hands on if you want to be a part of it. But let's just say some of the biggest pitmasters, not only from the Carolinias, but also the country will be converging into South Carolina for what is being billed as one of the most prolific barbecue events that would probably rival 
something that Texas Monthly would put on each and every year down there when they feature all those top pitmasters at the Texas Monthly Barbecue Festival or whatever the hell they call it. It might be something akin to that, so we'll get all the inside information from Robert when he's on. Plus, he has extreme thoughts on the top 50 from Texas that was released now two weeks ago this past Monday. Also, I believe there's some border skirmishing going on with generational thoughts on pitmasters and how it relates to Texas and Carolinas and what somebody might be saying in Texas and how some folks are taking it in the Carolinas. Nothing better than a great old barbecue skirmish. That's what we love here on the show. And I just like to moderate the skirmish. I don't want a part of any skirmish. I'm not physically capable of protecting myself at all. But I'm more than happy to A, throw gasoline on any fire. It doesn't matter which side. And then moderate the firemen that show up to put it out. That's your first hour. Second hour, because it is the first Tuesday of the month. One of the most prolific YouTubers out there when it is relating to cooking. Sam, the cooking guy, joins us. Of course, we will be talking some turkey with Sam. But before we get to any of that, if you are watching his latest videos... You would see Sam using the Pit Barrel Cooker. That's a longtime sponsor of this show. He used it to make Al Pastor, so we'll talk about all that, how he likes the cooker, what else he might use it for, aside from the Al Pastor, which looked incredible. And then we will talk about some other food topics as well. So Sam, the cooking guy in his normal segment, but he's not carrying the balance of the second hour. Nay, we are going to the current Jack Daniels World Championship coming out of the bullpen tonight. Brad Leiniger from Getting Basted. Had him on a couple weeks ago or had him lined up, but I had made a scheduling error, I believe. So we pushed him back until this evening and we will a get the recap of the Jack Daniels and the win his first win at the Jack, perhaps the first major, major title win. I believe he was grant or a reserve grand. It was either at the invitational or at the open not too long ago. So taking down the, what many consider to be the championship of championships when it comes to barbecue, the Jack Daniels. So we'll talk to him all about that. We'll talk to him about the barbecue league. We'll talk to him about some competition steak stuff as well as time permits. And Brad will be making an appearance, the debut appearance on Clubhouse as well. So we'll see how that goes. What could possibly go wrong? Who knows? Hey, don't forget you can follow me socially, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Snapchat, at BBQ Central Show. For a live video feed of the show, you can go to Facebook and Twitch slash BBQ Central Show. Also over on YouTube, which is slash RD Rempe with a very active chat. So you can get over there and interact if you want. Also, we are live on Clubhouse, as I had mentioned. So pick your spots if you want to. I'll have it up during the guest segments and maybe we can mix in a question or two. But I always ask to be patient because I'm doing many things at once. and I don't always see everything. So bear with me, if you will, in the clubhouse and appreciate you guys listening. Programming note, and I didn't get to this last week, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Leonard, and I'm sorry, Jeff. But be sure to check out my latest appearance on the Baseball and Barbecue podcast with Len Aberman, close personal friend of mine. I consider him to be a much older brother. And... Jeff Cohen, who I consider to be my much older and potentially senile uncle, and I'm just kidding, of course, when I say that, the old coot. Their podcast is unique because it is covering baseball and it's covering barbecue, not necessarily in that order, but they have a great level of guest. 
shockingly great level of baseball guest. Great barbecue level guest as well. I appear on actually uh, not the most recent, but the two previous episodes to the most recent one that was just put out this week. You get a part one and a part two of me. I'm backed up by the first designated hitter in Major League Baseball history, who I think played for the Yankees. And that guy's a hoot and a potential kook, but definitely a hoot. And they drag some stuff out of me that maybe you've never heard or I haven't covered in depth, let's say. So very happy to have you go over to Baseball and BBQ. Search for it on any and all podcast platforms and check me out. And we thank Len and Jeff for having me on as a guest now for my second time. I'm still like 20 away from Doug. He's like the third co-host in that show, but nevertheless. Some listener feedback here before we get to the first break and then run up Mark Williams from Swine Life. Jason in Connecticut writes in, Greg, listen to the top of the second hour ejaculation story a few days ago. Wow. What I took away from that was I need to finish at least 21 times per month in order to cut my chances of prostate cancer by a third. That's going to be hard to do, seeming as I'm not a male porn star, by the way. Do you know how many times I've jammed the phrase, and I quote, ejaculatory frequency into conversations over the past four days? Thank you once again for proving why you have the best show available on podcast. Regards, Jason. Thank you, Jason. And yes, anybody and everybody should be jamming the phrase ejaculatory frequency into any and all conversations that you're having because it's fun to say. And it was actually in print, and I read it out loud last week, top of the second hour, so get that if you missed it. Dennis in Colorado, when talking about what Bobby Flay might do next from leaving the Food Network, my guess, Bobby Flay moving to Netflix. They have deep pockets. I think he'll do an international traveling show around the world. I think it will be a hybrid show that Anthony Bourdain used to do. So Dennis weighing in on that. We thank him for weighing in. And then lastly, Terry in New York, Greg listening to the Embedded Correspondent segment and the question if a watch commercial belongs on your show your unabashed take the money attitude is a bit repulsive (laughs) maybe you shouldn't be looking to take every dollar that comes your way and worry more about the content of the show and the money will take care of itself love the show regards terry terry how about this you focus on being a listener i'll focus on making all of the money and doing everything else related to the show can we agree on that terry how about that And don't send in another email like that again, or I will exercise my overarching power on the internet and ban your ass, not only from the show, but from the internet. But thank you, Terry. Love you as well. You know, I almost bit. I almost, but I remembered. Rule number one of the show, don't get hooked. Or no names, please. Rule number two of the show, don't get hooked. I didn't get hooked. Mark Williams is ready to go. I'll talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grills. Some of the best pellet cookers out there today. You have a couple different lines to choose from. You have a choice line. You have a prime line if you're somebody looking to save a couple bucks. Choice line is just right for you. You get one size, the Daniel Boone. It's pretty accommodating for most family sizes unless you have a Brady Bunch style size family or bigger. Now, if you want Wi-Fi connectivity and app connectivity slash usage, you want a more of a robust build on the chassis cooker itself, 
two internal meat probes, that kind of thing. Prime line is what you want to look. Two different sizes, peak and ledge. On top of that, if you're headlong into the NFL season, if you're a really big college person or both, and you love to tailgate, might I suggest the Trek cooker? You can put it in any car, truck, van, or SUV, plug it into a 12-volt receptacle in your car, hook it up to the battery with little battery pinchers. Plenty of different ways to power this thing. And now you have a wood-fired pellet cooker that you can take with you anywhere you want to go. Do you like camping? Camping sucks, but if you like camping, take it with you. Pellet goodness right there. And you don't sacrifice a tremendous amount of capacity for the portability factor. Go to GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. And you can check out all the offerings. Find a dealer near you because they're sold through dealers only. Get educated at that nearest dealer and take one home and be a success right out of the back. GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. And we'll be right back with Mark Williams. Stick around. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Show studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Welcome back. This portion being brought to you by the Barbecue Guru, creators of automatic pit temperature control technology, sellers of ceramic cookers with built-in power draft fans and accessories to make your barbecue and grilling life easier. Visit bbqguru.com for more information or call them 800-288-GURU. The Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. As I had mentioned, this is typically where you find the pitmaster of Killer Hogs and the co-creator of How to Barbecue Right, but because of a football game obligation, we will fill him with none other than the pitmaster of Swine Life Barbecue, you can find him over at swinelifebbq.com, also on the YouTubes. We race to the hotline, and welcome back, friend of the show, Mark Williams. Hey, Mark. How's it going, man? I am absolutely fabulous, and I appreciate your pliability for guesting this evening as Malcolm is off taking in a football game, uh, perhaps. Uh, I didn't even know they were still playing football. Is Michael, I mean, he's not and- in high school or anything, is he? No, they play all the time, man. They, he stays busy. Wow. All right. So he is watching football and Mark is available. SwineLifeBBQ.com is website. Of course, you can find him over on YouTube where he's got a budding YouTube channel of 43,000 subscribers right now. So only 44,000 more subscribers than me. But man, we're really giving it a go and I'm not going to talk about why I hate YouTube. So we have a huge holiday coming up in a couple of weeks, Mark. Obviously, Thanksgiving. And the lead question is this, and I had started asking this maybe a week or two ago as we were just starting to talk about turkey stuff. I ate a lot of turkey on Thanksgiving. I ate a lot of turkey the next day. That might stretch out a couple days after that. Maybe turkey hash, maybe turkey grilled cheese or turkey whatever the hell. And then I won't see it again till next Thursday or if I stop by a great barbecue joint that has really great barbecue turkey. And outside of the barbecue restaurant, I fall victim 
to eating turkey maybe once or twice a year if I think about it. Or And it's usually my wife saying, hey, get a turkey breast and we'll put it on the smoker because we love smoked turkey. But I don't find myself eating it. And every year I say, damn it, this year I'm going to be eating turkey on the regular, but it doesn't happen. So do you fall into the same victimization there unknowingly? I'm guilty of it, man. It's I think that's what makes it so special. It makes it that much better when it comes to Thanksgiving. I mean, if you ate it every couple of weeks, probably wouldn't be as good, but I fall victim to it for sure. Let's talk about how Mark Williams does Thanksgiving at his house. Are you a traditional type of guy, or will you perhaps cater to any and all wants and needs? Is it a big blowout up in the first place? So usually I cook for my wife's family. Um usually standard turkey breast her mother does not like dark meat when it comes to turkey so usually it's just whole turkey breast skin on um and of course i cook a turkey for my family as well and it's usually whole turkey probably spatchcocked uh citrus herbs you know try to get some flavors in it but here recently i cooked one last week for a video and pulled the skin off the whole turkey and done a bark just like you would on barbecue ribs and it was delicious. How like, did you season it up? I was shocked. What's that again? How did you season it up? Just done a little bit of Mississippi grind. We injected it with a little bit of barbecue, or excuse me, not barbecue, butter and hot sauce. Pulled all the skin off. Let what little bit of butter run off as kind of like a binder for the rub. Simple. Treated it just kind of like you would a rib. Hmm. And after about an hour and a half, when it got good color, covered it up, put some more butter on it. Again, treated it like a rib and let it cook in that foil glazed it at the end, and it was one of the best turkey breasts I've ever had. Wow, that's a revelation because I think one of the cook's spoils of turkey is maybe not so much on the smoked turkey because you're not getting it to that higher temperature unless you're doing some kind of high heat finish at the end, is through, uh, you know, if you're cooking at 375 or 400 or maybe doing it in the oven, the skin will inherently crisp up. And then if you're a really keen chef or cook, you take the knife, you cut off all the skin, you save it for yourself. Maybe you salt it over the kitchen sink like a turkey potato chip or something like that. But I've never heard of anybody just ripping the skin off of it. I'm sure some people would think that would be sacrilege to some degree, but it sounds like it's a winner. Oh, yeah. I mean, we got a little bit of hate on YouTube. You know, they were like, I can't believe that's the best part. And I mean, granted, on a fried turkey, it is. But a lot of times, I mean, that's that's the struggle of cooking a turkey is getting that skin as good as the rest of that bird is. And, you know... My mother-in-law hates the turkey skin, and she just kind of brought it up one day. She was like, you know, what if you cook cook one without the skin on? And I was like, hey, we'll try it. I'm not scared. And, you know, it worked out. It had a bark just like any other barbecue. Like, in the pictures and looking at it in person, you'd never know the skin wasn't on it. Um, it sliced well. The breast was packed full of moisture. The dark meat might have been a touch drier, but I just didn't inject as much in those. And I mean, I'm honest. I'm not a. I'm not a huge fan of dark meat on turkey. It's not near as good as dark meat on chicken to me. But everything else was spot on. It was excellent. I'm probably going to do it again. When you are purchasing your chicken or turkey, are you a frozen turkey guy? And then on top of that, are you also somebody that goes out of their way to make sure that it is a non-enhanced bird to start with? And then will you brine uh, at any point or have you ever brined? It sounds like you're more of an injector at this point, but what are your thoughts on procuring the bird and what you're looking for? So this year I'll take any bird I can get. Um, Malcolm just released his video and I think he paid like $75 for that Turkey. What? Which is outrageous. 
And I mean, it was a big bird, but it wasn't near about that big. And it's, they're hard to get around here. Like I just recently picked up a few at Kroger and of course they were all froze and I have no problem. I mean, I'll take my time, thaw it, you know, give it four or five days. If I have time, I'd love to brine it and then just inject with a simple butter, nothing else. But I mean, it's hard to find a natural, you know, a natural bird. I got lucky on this one and it was a butterball claim to be all natural, but who knows? But I mean, they all cook the same. I would just be careful with the salt content in your brine, you know, especially if you know it's an enhanced bird, just back off on the salt, keep the water and sugar the same way and, you know, still inject it with butter, get that good kind of savory note in that meat. The last couple of years I was turned on to, although I haven't purchased and then eaten one, the heritage breed turkey. Have you partaken in any of that? And do you find there to be a, a noticeable difference? So the heritage breed we get I'm trying to think what brand it is. I want it I think it's Heritage Farm. I think. I'll have to I you're gonna make me think on that, but I've cooked a couple. I've cooked one that was a farm raised, like literally was slaughtered that week and it was delicious. Mm. And it it didn't have a wild taste at all. I mean it was still a grain fed bird, but it was definitely a different texture. Um the legs were a lot more tender than I've seen as far as like going to the store get, but the breasts were more proportionate to the bird. You know, it wasn't the Las Vegas style turkey breast. It was kind of your standard normal run, normal run of the meal turkey breast. So, but it was excellent though. When you're cooking, what is your target temperatures? And is it always usually a, a spatchcock bird, or will you cook whole? I, I prefer a spatchcock just because I think you can get a little bit more flavor on it. Mm-hmm. It cooks a lot more even. I've cooked them either way. I'm going to pull off a lot sooner than most. Um, I'm not scared to pull it at the breast at, you know, 157, 158 and let it carry over. Um, as much as we joke about me and Malcolm going back and forth about the sous vide and stuff, I learned more about cooking poultry with that sous vide than I ever have. And once you learn the pasteurization temperatures, that bird's done in the breast it probably i usually time it five minutes after 150 and it's done it's safe to eat and everything like that and that's you know pulling off at that 160 no higher than 160 it is delicious i mean it is packed full of moisture there's really no chance for it to dry out so you're referencing something that for anybody that's new it might sound a little kooky but the high level thing to remember is this the temperature that the FDA is giving you, the 165, for instance, is the immediate elimination of the nasties. That's the temperature at which they're all gone. However, you can take it off at a lower temperature, and if you can hold the meat at that temperature for whatever time the FDA guideline is for said temperature, it just takes a little longer to get to that pasteurization point where 165 is immediate, 155 might be you know, two minutes. I'm just throwing stuff out. Go to the website and find it out. I'm just throwing it out there for sake of conversation here with Mark. But 155 might be a four-minute hold or a five-minute hold to get to that same safe area. However, I think what Mark is trying to say is I am long-winded. It's a different mouth experience. It's a different moisture experience when you can pasteurize and make the meat safe at that lower temperature. Not too low because it can get a little weird in the mouth. I've had chicken and turkey (laughs) finished at like 140 145 just to test it out and eh, 
it gets a little weird. It's different. It's safe. It's different, no doubt about it. So I, I agree with you. I think you're you're spot on with that. So what I've noticed too with them lower temperatures, this kind of off subject, that is the best chicken salad you'll ever have. It's like that one forty five chicken breast. It is delicious in a chicken salad. But again, it's it's not about the instant one sixty five. You know, it's how long it's at that temp. And usually, my train of thought on that is all right. I see one fifty on the thermometer. Time I go in, get a pan, get everything ready. It's creeped up to one fifty five. It's done. You know, it's safe to eat. But again, you know, if you like taking on one sixty five, don't change that. You know, keep cooking for you know like you've been doing. So, but it's definitely room to improve, and there's a lot of information out there on that. Second only to the turkey, Thanksgiving is obviously the side. So what are some of the go-to Williams family sides that you guys enjoy? So one of my favorites, I love a good dressing, but I like liver and dressing or wild duck and dressing. That's two of my favorites. Um, it doesn't taste like you think it would. It doesn't really have a liver taste. It's just a, a real rich dressing, and it is delicious. After that, I'm I'm on the dessert table. I'm with the sweet potato pie, the pumpkin pie. Hopefully, I can sneak a cheesecake in there somewhere. But usually, turkey and dressing. I'm moving on to desserts. Is there a difference between dressing and stuffing? I mean, obviously, you could say stuffing goes into the bird, but outside of that, is that the only difference? My biggest thing is like a lot of times the stuffing's a little drier. If you ask me, a dressing's a little bit. Got a lot more moisture in it, a um, little bit thinner, I guess you'd say. Not quite as thick. Um, my mom was known for her dressing, and her dressing is pretty thin, but it is delicious. Um, but yeah, I think it's got a little bit more sage in it. You know, a lot of times the stuffings that I've had, and I'm sure they wasn't true stuffings, but they were real herby. You know, they had a lot of rosemary and thyme and stuff like that. They were still great, but I like a good old school dressing. Sausage too, or no? Uh, I've never had a full-on like pork sausage dressing i've had it on the side where somebody made like a sausage dressing gravy they turn around rendered the sausage fat and then sauteed all their trimmings from their turkey and the skin and the neck and made their gravy out of that and it was delicious too i mean it it was a good flavor sounds like it's going to be a great thanksgiving over at mark williams place so we wish you and your family a great thanksgiving when you get to it Uh, outside of that and i appreciate your thoughts on thanksgiving let's talk a little competition barbecue i think Perhaps while a lot of folks know you as the guy on YouTube and have really great recipes and to me inspire folks to get out and try, you're not doing anything too chefy or too outside crazy where you need these kind of certain tools or those kind of certain tools. You're just making stuff for the everyman and you're inspiring folks to get out there cooking the backyard through the use of live fire, which I appreciate. But you're also a really prolific competition cook. I guess I didn't even realize how good you were until I keep listening to Malcolm's podcast every week. And he's like, Oh, Mark went out and won again. Mark went out and won again. He went up (laughs) here and did this special contest and he went out here and he kicked my ass again. And I'm like, I started doing a little research and Mark Williams is a pretty kick-ass competition cook. So how does 2021 look this year for a competition? And then what are you planning for next year? So, I mean, we took a few years off, of course, a lot of it was just kind of for us to regroup and, you know, we realized when we started the YouTube that, you know, we're catering to the backyard guy. We're catering to the weekend warrior. And, you know, that's really what we wanted to focus on. So we didn't cook a lot in 19 or 20 for that. And, of course, COVID. Um, this year, you know, we kind of got, got the itch again. So 
I've always wanted to cook Galax, Virginia. And after Memphis and May and all those practices, I was like, we're going. You know, I told Malcolm, I said, we're going. You can go with us if you want. He's like, man, that sounds great. So that was probably our first KCBS we've done in mm-hmm. a little over a year or maybe heck, almost two years, I guess. But, you know, one up there had a great cook and it really kind of kicked off and started the started the fire again, I guess you'd say. And we've cooked three KCBS this year and we've cooked a ton of just bragging rights hey let's get 10 or 15 people together and just have a good time kind of like we've done in indiana and i love it and you know i'm i'm pretty competitive um not as much as i used to be because you know kcbs and just competition barbecue in general is crazy competitive i mean there is you know there's a ton of great cooks and used to you know 10 years ago or when i started cooking back in 2013 you'd show up to a contest and there'd be four or five there that you know, are really good cooks that have a good potential to win it. Now on a 30-team contest, 30 teams can win it. You know, it's it's so much information out there and so much education now that everybody's on an equal playing field. And, of course, you have your ones that are really not on an equal playing field that are leaps and bounds better than all of us and that are going out winning them world championships like it ain't nothing. And, you know, that's that's a dream to look forward to, and I enjoy it. It's a good time. I think I have one of those guys closing the show tonight, uh, that being Brad Leiniger from Getting Basted, the Jack Daniels grand champ, no doubt. And it seems like every time he enters the contest, he's either winning it or he's coming in second. So he's quite a force to be reckoned with here over the last handful of years. He's won team of the year two out of the last three years. And uh, I think if all the cards fall right here over the next handful of weeks, it'll be three out of the last four years. So he's quite a force at this point. That's awesome. All right. Do you take into account how things have changed though over the last two or three years especially in competition barbecue as far as the cost and what the perception of what you need to win is or are you pretty comfortable in your skills a you you know what you need to win and b you can have the plan to implement to give yourself the best shot at winning weekend in weekend out so since used to we i thought we really overthought it looking back i know we did um And now we kind of simplified a lot of things. You know, we really simplified these recipes. Um, And now that we're cooking on the stick burner a little bit hotter and faster, that makes you really hit your marks. And I've learned now that, you know, texture wins a contest every weekend. Um, Flavor is so subjective. I mean, I'm sure these guys that are winning every weekend have a great flavor, but they're nailing that texture. And that's what we really focused on this year is just really pinpointing that texture and seeing how far we could push a, a protein and it still be that perfect texture. And we've learned a ton doing that. Um, and I, that's what I say. I mean, our flavors are pretty middle of the road. You know, we may add a little bit more spice than we probably need to, but I like that heat. But we've really, really focused on texture. And I think our texture this past few cooks have been leaps and bounds better than we've ever cooked before. Mark Williams from Swine Life Barbecue joining me here on the show. SwineLifeBBQ.com is website. Part of that competition stuff is been the steak. Perhaps steak has been more popular than barbecue over the last two to three years. It's really grown in popularity over the last 16 months or so, no doubt about it. KCBS is now entering into the competition steak, Ballyhoo. So we know SCA, you've taken part in SCA contests. I'm sure you have a process down with that. Have you looked into the KCBS stuff at all as far as rules or what they're offering, and if you have your thoughts on how it compares and contrasts to what's already existing out there. I read up on it a good bit. Me and Malcolm kind of sat down and talked about it a couple of weeks ago. You know, it's definitely a change. Um, you know, the whole having to buy certain meat and, you know, bringing your own steaks, you know, that's definitely different than what we're used to. 
Um, my biggest thing is, you know, why score down for grill mark? You know, that's, you know, if you think your best steaks are got grill marks on it, cook your best steak. You know, I don't think, I just, I don't see the point in that. I understand you're trying to be different Messier, but if you want to get people involved, you know, let them cook it however they want to cook it. If that's the best steak they can cook, let them turn that steak in. You know, don't score down for something just because, you know, it's not what somebody says or anything like that. You know, let everybody cook however they'd like to cook it. We went through the rules pretty in-depth last week with the embedded correspondence, and I think a few of the rules that stuck out is odd. Certainly that one, I totally agree. You shouldn't be scoring down for grill marks. Um, maybe you can say you would prefer not to see them, but certainly you wouldn't want to score down. Uh, you'd turn in your best steak and then let it carry the day. Oh. The other thing that I was a little concerned about was having to buy from certain purveyors. Why not just put a grade stipulation on the meat? and then put a spec on the meat, it's obviously being inspected. So as long as it meets the grade, then you should be able to, to bring whatever you want. So uh, I said I thought there was probably some type of a, of a kickback or a, a benefit to KCBS for uh, making mandatory meat providers. Was there anything else that you saw that turned you off, or outside of that, were you pretty okay? I don't, I don't understand the plastic wrap. <laughs> I mean... I've cooked a bunch of steaks, had a bunch of good ones, and I've never had one brought out to me that in a restaurant or one that I've cooked. Hey, man, pull that plastic wrap off before you eat it, you know? <laughs> Mark Williams joining us here on the show. Swine Life Barbecue and SwineLifeBBQ.com is website. Where are you, uh, you going to be at next? Uh, I guess right now we're kind of slowing down for the next few weeks. Um, of course, I'll help Malcolm with a private event with the Palmer Home Fundraiser deal with his his gift to everybody that raised all the money. So I'll definitely be helping with that. And we're thinking about cooking one in December and we're thinking about heading maybe somewhere down to Alabama and just cooking one more, just, just to do it, just to have a good time. Talking Turkey, talking competition, barbecue and steak competitions. It's Mark Williams from swine life. Once again, swinelifebbq.com or look for him over on YouTube and be part of the 43,000 that are currently enjoying the videos. Mark, appreciate the fill in tonight. Always appreciate it. And we'll talk to you again soon. Yes, sir. Thank you, Greg. You got Have a it. good one. There he is. Mark Williams right there from Swine Life. I agree. Some of that stuff from KCBS seems a little odd. Seems a little, we want to throw it in the face of SCA. So we'll see. Let's let him get a few off. We'll get some of the feedback. And then we will go from there. Robert Moss in the green room. We'll get to him here in just a second. I'll talk to you quickly about Primo Grills. What do we love about ceramic cookers? We love that they are fuel efficient. We love that you can achieve low and slow temperatures for traditional barbecue meats. We love that you can get rip-roaring hot temperatures for the grilling of steaks and other thin cuts of meat. But what's missing in the everyday lineup of ceramic cookers? The ability to do true two-zone cooking. Two-zone cooking, very important to both professionals and backyard cooks. The best way to manage a fire with confidence. However, getting a two-zone fire in a round ceramic cooker, not very realistic. Why? Because it's in a round cooker. Enter Primo Grills in the game-changing oval design. The oval design gives you the ability to execute the two-zone setup that you desire. It also gives you the other ceramic grill benefits as well. Really, when you break it down, there's like 60 different ways to configure the Primo. So you're only limited by your culinary imagination. As far as what's new this year, we know all about the lift hinge, 
We know about the air dampers. The Primo grill rotisserie accessory has been out for months and doing so well. And we're just waiting on the ships to come in for that pizza accessory. And once that's in, what won't you be able to cook on this cook? Here's the bottom line. Best ceramics in the biz. Yes. Patented technology, of course. True two-zone cooking capabilities and multiple sizes. Yes. And if you just have to have a round one, they have one of those as well. But consider the oval for Pete's sake. Be a trendsetter in the neighborhood. Don't fall for everybody. Get this, get that. Get a round one. I have a chair. I have a chair. I have a chair. I have a chair. Get the oval. Primogrill.com is the website. Check them out on Facebook and Instagram as well. I'm ready for a Primo. I know you are. Primogrill.com and find a dealer near you. We're back with Robert Moss right after this. Stick around. Howard Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. And this portion being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all of your pellet-driven cookers. Visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also find them on Amazon.com as well, but go to cookingpellets.com. Why not? See all the other products they got. It's great. My next guest, the contributing barbecue editor of Southern Living Magazine, friend of the show. Let's go ahead and race to the hotline and welcome back Dr. Robert Moss. Hey, Robert. How are you? Hey, Greg. Doing good. How are you? I am fabulous and always looking forward to our live fire conversations here as you join the Barbecue Central show. So before we get into perhaps what would take the balance of the segment, that being the Texas Monthly's Top 50 barbecue release not two weeks ago, yesterday on Monday. Let's talk a little bit about this Holy Smokes Low Country Barbecue Festival, as I had mentioned in the open. I think a lot of folks perhaps would see this as a Texas monthly barbecue festival, but being done in South Carolina, you're having huge names, huge barbecue eats. Yep. Sounds like it's going to be a shindig. Yeah, it's it's going to be something. I was actually out at the bend uh, this morning with uh, the gang who's who's helped organizing it. We were doing our walkthrough of the, of the event space, and so just the location itself is fantastic. This giant grassy area overlooking the, the Ashley River in the Low Country with uh, you know the marsh and everything behind us. So that, the setting's going to be great, and then we've got about two dozen pitmasters coming from all over the country. So if everywhere from California to I think Connecticut and uh, and parts in between quite a lot of texas folks we'll talk about texas barbecue in, in a little bit so it's really bringing together you know just a, a really top-notch group of pitmasters to to charleston to have a a big afternoon of barbecue and that's all on the uh the 13th which is the upcoming not this saturday but the saturday after, after after next all right so we got 11 days out or more like 10 days i guess tomorrow since yep. it's going to be a business day uh, is there anything available from a spectator slash attendee standpoint <laughs> Yeah, I checked this morning. We had 73 tickets remaining, uh, general admission tickets. The VIP sold out a long time ago, uh, but there are 73 slots, and it's probably a lot less than that than now we're selling them. So they'll be they'll probably be all, all be gone by this weekend. So if people are interested in checking it out, don't wait, because uh, they, they will be gone, certainly, uh, before the, the event itself. What's the experience like if I get a ticket, general uh, or not VIP, obviously, but what can I anticipate showing up? Yeah, well, a ticket will get you admission and all you can eat on the barbecue front. 
And the way we have it structured is uh, some every event's a little bit different. You know, a lot of them, everybody just sort of sets up a table and you walk around. Um, we, we're actually doing this a little bit differently to try to give people a bit more of a curated experience. We have three villages. And so the pitmasters will actually be teaming up and working together in the villages. So you'll get a little bit of their or their style, but you can get it all on a single plate without having to go to you know, 24 different stations. Um, we've got a traditional village, which is to highlight the traditional uh, whole hog barbecue tradition from here in the Carolinas. Uh, so if you think, you know, Rodney Scott will be cooking there, Sam Jones from Skylight Inn, Pat Martin from Martin's Barbecue. Uh, and then we'll have a Texas village um, where we'll have a lot of Texas pitmasters, but not everybody from Texas. It'll be Texas style. So a lot of these guys are cooking brisket and ribs and things, but they're all over the, o- over the country. So they'll be your, sort of like, talk about the, the Texas Monthly, you'll have that sort of Texas Trinity and probably a few other surprises that they throw in there. And then the, the really interesting wild cards with the new school village. And uh, everyone's doing so much, so many interesting things these days, you know, it's where 21st century barbecue fusions. And so at, there the guys would be, will be, you know, really getting creative. And I don't even know what they're all doing yet. Everybody's going to bring something a little bit different, but there'll be some unusual meats, some unusual preparations, a lot of probably fusions like Latin American and Asian flavors and, and things like that. So, so really quite a, quite an experience. And then as an attendee, a ticket, you'll get to eat as much as you want from those villages. Uh, if you're general mission, you can buy beer and wine and, 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 and spirits uh, for additional uh, cost. We'll have bands all day. So there's music and entertainment, everything else. VIP tickets, which are all gone. Uh, it's all inclusive and some other special things. But uh, but for general mission, it's, it's a full afternoon of, of barbecue with like really an unparalleled lineup of pitmasters. You had mentioned Rodney Scott and Sam Jones. Are there any other, uh, and you mentioned Pat Martin, who's been a, a longtime mm-hmm. friend of the show as well. Is there any other pitmasters that you would be able to mention that are just names everybody knows across the country? Uh, certainly, I think most most of them are, are names. So um, we've got uh, Chris Lilly coming from Big Bob Gibson uh, from from Alabama. We've got the Fox Brothers coming up from uh, from from Atlanta. I'll just go through the, the list. Uh, we got Leo Botello coming from Truth Barbecue, made it onto the yeah. I think, top 10 list uh, oh, yeah. for, for TM Monthly, uh, as is Evan Leroy from Leroy and Lewis uh, coming from Texas as well. Um, quite trying to think of, of who else. All the Charleston guys will be there. So if you if you know a barbecue cook in Charleston, they'll, they'll all be out there. They're cooking as well. Uh, got uh, Elliot Moss from Buxton Hall in Asheville. No relation to me, but a, a great uh, North Carolina barbecue cook is coming down too. Um, so, you know, Patrick Feegees is coming in from Texas. So quite, quite a well, lineup. No doubt about it. So, uh, if you are interested, get your ticket soon because they will be gone here very shortly. And we're talking with Robert Moss. One of the other things I wanted to ask you about is the new publication that you have. It might be out just over a month that really focuses on uh, Carolina food uh southeastern dispatch is the yep, is that the, the publication that that's correct it's called the southeastern dispatch and uh so southeastern and dispatch you can also go to robertfmoss.com there are links for it all over the place but that's a, a new carolina's focused food and beverage publication i just launched a little over a little over a month ago and though i do write and contribute for it um the the real goal is to get together like really some of the best people writing about food in the carolinas so it's me and a whole lot of other people writing for it um we're, we're covering you know food features we're doing restaurant reviews not a lot of people doing restaurant reviews these days we're really trying to fulfill in a lot of the gaps in the coverage uh, i am writing about barbecue for it about uh barbecue in north and south carolina but it's not just barbecue it's it's barbecue and everything else in fact i was just finishing today a 
feature on tasting menus. So we're looking at fine dining, we're looking at barbecue, we're looking at just did a thing on burgers. And you know, so you know, we, we cover the full dining spectrum and a lot of um, whiskey and cocktails and, and beer as well. So if you're into uh, watch or reading about food, especially down in the Carolinas, this is more of a Carolina-focused publication. Uh, check it out. You said links over on your website, Robert Moss, uh, robertfmoss.com. Yeah, robertfmoss.com, right. and it's southeasterndispatch.com is the is the URL for the, the site itself. As I had mentioned in the open a couple of weeks ago, the Texas Monthly Top 50 is released. So they rank out the top 10 and then... 40 yep. fall and you know uh, no particular order kind of thing but if you're on there obviously it's a, it's a big deal uh, top 10 is huge but uh, just to be in the top 50 is a big deal as well so as somebody who covers this live fire industry as you do and uh, perhaps one of the the foremost folks covering it what's your thought on the list and then do you have a specific thought on this list of 2021 so i I guess just to clarify your thoughts generally on the texas monthly list and then this year's unveiling yeah well i had a couple so i'd actually do a top 50 list of my own for southern living we didn't do it this summer uh for you know because the pandemic sort of held us up so we we may resume and doing that that again next year i'm my list covers the entire south not just not just texas so but i having put together this list i sort of appreciate i think the the work that goes into it and also you know, how hard it is to just sort of define your criteria and say, okay, what's going to make the top 50? Um, so, you know, I did actually my my newsletter, the Q sheet. Um, I knew I was coming on the show. Actually, I can blame you for this because I knew I was coming on uh, and talking to you about the Texas Monthly List. I was like, so what do I think about the Texas Monthly List? So I started jotting down some thoughts and it turned into like, you know, thousands upon thousands of words that uh, <laughs> I had I trimmed a lot back. But um, so, when I look at the, the the Texas monthly list, I think what's interesting is to sort of talk about how these lists work. I think, you know, uh, Daniel was on your show. Daniel Vaughn, the editor, was on the show a couple weeks ago talking about the methodology behind the list. And so he has uh, a team of people to go scout and do scoring and things like that. Though I think he and Pat Sharp, who's their food editor, are sort of the ultimate arbiters of, mm-hmm. of who get the top 10. But I think it's interesting, like sort of what what do you prioritize you know what what's what's important to get on the list i think anytime you're ranking restaurants uh you you can't give a restaurant a good ranking of the food sucks you know this is not going to work um even if they have like you know great atmosphere and things like that so i think you know it, for everybody the food has to work but the, the question is becomes you know how high our priority do, do you get uh you know or versus all the other intangibles w- within a restaurant and so as i was looking at the list yeah you know, that sort of yeah you know, i think one thing about texas monthly list and this is neither a good or a bad thing. It's just it's just an aesthetic decision. I think they really focus on first and foremost on the meat that comes on the platter. Uh, the side dishes are nice, but they, they, I think they even say side dishes and specialties. Those are sort of tiebreakers. Uh, the desserts and things. It's 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 the sort of core proteins on the plate, and then everything else is is just sort of gravy on the on the cake. If you've ever done barbecue competition judging, it's funny all the different you know the different competition. I just I just graded. Uh, I was a judge in a non barbecue but a food competition recently where the food itself, the taste was something like 45% of the criteria. So you could really pr- place quite well, even if you just, you know, the food was mediocre. Uh, I think with Texas list, it's, it's very much focused on, on, on the, the food itself. And I think that's sort of reflected in, I think what you see on some, of uh, some of the results. And that should be it, right? I mean, if, do you think 45% of a judging score for taste is too much? 
Should it be 55%? Should it be 60%? I don't think it's too much for sure. I think it's probably too little. I think you got to, again, that's sort of like the table stakes, right? If you don't have great food, you don't belong on the list. It's, It's more how do you start to differentiate between two places where if you go in and you sit down, the food's great. I love it, you know. And um, I think that's one of the the, the challenges. One, certainly, when I do the the Southern Living Top Fifty. We're covering the entire South. So, how do you compare a plate of Texas brisket and and ribs with like mutton barbecue from Kentucky and like a you know chopped whole hog from from North Carolina? I mean, these are different things, and so it's really hard to to, to compare those. I think what you see with the Texas Monthly List is it's a little bit more of a uh, coherent the restaurants are a lot more similar in the offering. You, almost everybody, I think of the top 10, only Leroy and Lewis and Austin, I think that's the only one that doesn't regularly serve the Texas Trinity of, of brisket ribs and, and, and sausage. I, you know, he does beef cheeks regularly. He has a sausage, but it's more of a pork sausage. So he does something a little bit different. Most everybody else is serving a very similar offering. And then they all have specialties and sides and things that, that, that differentiate them. So I think that's sort of a, a you know, that, that comes out and sort of the nature of sort of the, the Texas barbecue scene today, I think, where that's sort of table stakes, right? You have to have really good brisket if you're going to play in Texas. Um, though you can certainly rank high on my list uh, for Southern Living if you're, you don't even have to serve brisket. And if it can be pretty bad as long as like the other things that you serve are really good. So I think that's what makes the Texas list so unique. I can't have a Ohio barbecue list, really. It would probably exist of three, and they're (laughs) probably here locally in Cleveland or at least within an hour of downtown. But you have... So Texas is huge, just in land sweep, of course. And then it's its own barbecue mecca, uh, you know, one of uh, the, the four that are currently existing out there. And then you have just an incredible amount of barbecue restaurants in Texas. So it certainly makes sense that you could have a top 50. There's plenty out there where you could whittle down to a top 50, whatever that criteria is. I would probably argue that between the last list and this year, this list, this, there was a separator of who had the better brisket versus the other ones. However, with this list, I think what I understood from Daniel was, and I think he wrote a piece that was complimentary to the list, sort of, or, or supplementary was that, Texas brisket, he said plateaued, but I think what he meant was the level of the game has evened out. We've hit yep. the, the crescendo here. Everybody makes really good effing brisket, and that now cannot be used as a delineator or a differentiator between who's got a really good barbecue restaurant and who does it. It's, you know, these guys still do brisket a little bit better. Everybody's got a good brisket, so yep. now it does have to be those side dishes or the the Mexican influenced barbecue or something a little bit different or the new school that I'm hearing about that is uh, that's coming around too. So I think that's why to me the list is is a bit unique. Yeah, and I think what's really interesting about this list is the the newness of it. I sort of took it when it came out because they put on the list the the founding dates and uh, how they cook and things like that. And what I think is really interesting is of the top ten, the oldest restaurant on there is Snows which I think was founded in 2003. So it's 18 years old. That's the oldest barbecue joint in the top 10. If you look at the top 50, there's only four restaurants on the list that were founded in the 20th 20th century. Everything else is a 21st century restaurant. So everything is very, very new. And in my my cue sheet reflections, I think what probably shows more than anything is sort of the influence of Aaron Franklin and that other sort of generation of craft barbecue guys who came along in the 
you know, a decade or, or a little more ago and just really focused on just technique, offset smokers, cooking time. Let's make that brisket absolutely as perfect as it can be. And that, that's the number one thing. And you're right. You know, you, I don't think you can place very high if you serve brisket that sucks or brisket that's dry and doesn't work, doesn't, doesn't play very well. Um, but that's, but that's table stakes. It's almost like you have to serve a really good brisket and then do other things to, to get up and, uh, get up in the list. As I was reading through the cue sheet, I think I got a feeling that you were a little cheesed off that somebody in Texas might've said that there didn't seem to be as much of a generational following in barbecue in the Carolinas as there does seem to be in Texas. You proceed to point out, Oh, maybe he forgot about this or maybe he didn't know this or he did we read a little too much into that or do you think he was taking a shot at, at Carolina's on no, ongoing no, that was barbecue actually, it, expertise? It's, it's, and that's JC Reed from the Houston Chronicle who's who writes a great weekly barbecue column. So I've got nothing bad to, to say against JC. It was really a parenthetical it, it, this little aside that he had because he was saying rightfully so that the um the all the new barbecue restaurants that are on that list in, in Texas really you know, suggests that the, the future is very bright for Texas barbecue, which I, I think is, is true. I mean, there's, there is no shortage of really good barbecue in, in Texas. And I don't think they're going to run out any, anytime soon. Cause every, every week, it seems like somebody else is opening a really great joint, but in, in passing, I think he sort of said that, you know, unlike other regions and in like, you know, arguably the Carol Carolinas, there is you know, other reasons may not have that new generation coming along. And, you know, I just sort of said, I thought about it a little bit. I said, well, I don't, I just don't agree with that because here in the Carolinas, you may not see it. We don't get the attention, the media attention that, that everybody in Texas does, but there's a lot happening here as well. There are a lot of new restaurants opening their doors, uh, barbecue restaurants opening their doors, including quite a lot that have opened just since the, the pandemic, which is a, a tough time to, to open. Um, so just as, you know, I think two of the top 10 in Texas Monthly were founded in, in 2020 or, or later. Uh, I did a list for um, for Southern Living of the best new barbecue joints. Three of them were uh, Carolina joints that were founded in the, in, in the last two years. And there's just a lot of exciting stuff going on. Um, cities like Raleigh, um, the pandemic held it up. But at one point before the pandemic came in, there were like 12 or more like highly anticipated barbecue restaurants that were going to open their doors. At least four or five of them have actually opened already and, the, and some more are coming in the works. So uh, there's actually quite a lot going on here as well. It doesn't quite get the attention of, of Texas. Uh, we don't have a, a list that gets quite as much notice. But I think if people come to the Carolinas and, and drive around and, and eat barbecue, they're going to find a lot of uh, young and very interesting you know, up-and-coming pitmasters. And then I listed in that Q sheet thing a lot of the older restaurants that have been around for forever. And in each case, you know, there's a they're on the third or fourth generation. Mm -hmm. And the fourth generation may only be in high school <laughs> starting to, you know, be forced to work at the uh at the restaurant, but are sort of waiting in the wings. So I I, th I think that the Carolina barbecue tradition isn't going anywhere any anytime soon. So I wasn't so much taking issue with with what JC said, other than just sort of reflecting on I think I don't think that's quite right. I think the Carolinas have Quite, you know, quite a lot going on. Talking barbecue as he always does expertly. It is Robert Moss, robertfmoss.com, his website. Make sure that if you want to check out this Holy Smokes Low Country Boreal, uh, Low Country Barbecue Festival <laughs> on the 13th, there are uh, perhaps a small smattering of tickets, so jump on them immediately, if not sooner. 
and you can check out all those great pitmasters going to be on display here in about 10 days or so. In the meantime, you can check out Robert Moss over at robertfmoss.com. Sign up for his Q sheet, and you can see him on the show every once in a while as well. Robert, always appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Greg. Great talking to you. You too. There he is, Robert Moss, right there. Make sure that you get on those tickets. Don't wait. 65 or 70, and it's probably less than that. So hurry up. The Low Country Barbecue Festival, robertfmoss.com. That's the website. I'll talk to you quickly about Sterling Ball and Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue. A curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies will get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything at Big Papa Smokers has been pitmaster approved by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself from the award-winning rubs and sauces to the American-made grills and smokers. Big Papa Smokers has everything you need to be a better outdoor cook. Known for the championship rubs and seasonings, right? Popular flavors like Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, all proven winners on the competition circuit and in the backyard. 13 perfectly balanced flavors transforming ordinary meals into extraordinary meals. And whether you're cooking to impress the judges or grilling for your family, Big Papa Smokers, award-winning rubs and seasonings don't disappoint. They also own Granny's Barbecue Sauce. If you're looking for a new go-to sauce that will please everybody, why not try Granny's? Find out why you fell in love with barbecue in the first place. And aside from the premium selection of rubs and sauces, they're also selling cookers. That's right. Are you looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use? Check out that Mac two-star general pellet cooker. Big Papa's offering exclusive deals right there on the internet. The exclusive Mac dealer on the internet, by the way. Not a fan of pellet smokers. All right. Check out that Old Hickory Ace BP. It's the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. If you're not sure of what grill you need, call them 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Or shop their website, bigpapasmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A smokers.com. We are back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content. In an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. This portion brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring. Or connect via Bluetooth if you have Alexa or the Google Assistant in your home. You're in luck. Fireboard fully integrated with both. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. That's Fireboard 2, Fireboard 2 Drive, Fireboard 2 Pro, High Heat. We love High Heat. And we love Robert Moss for joining us. Is there anything better than getting a Carolinian's point of view on what Texas is doing with their top 50 list? The answer is no. Also, He's happy to talk about it, and he's not pulling any punches. Not that he was hypercritical of the list, but I do appreciate... 
Well, it's not that I took issue with him saying this. I just think that I took issue with him saying this. Okay. You had an issue, and you addressed it, and you did it well. RobertFMoss.com. Grab the tickets. We are pointing to the second hour. Plenty going on in that 60 minutes. I'll tell you all about it here shortly. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. We'll be right back.